0: Microphones of Madness is proud to present a full-cast recording of Echo Hiding, a short story by Rodney Turner appearing in A Breath from the Sky, Unusual Tales of Possession. A Breath from the Sky was edited by Scott R. Jones and published by Martian Migraine Press. The cast, in order of appearance, Farrah Rose Smith as The Hermit, Rodney Turner as Into the Booth Announcer, Wesley James Young as Carl Moore, CEO of Solar Records, Steve Rosenstein as Phil Lambert, producer. Scott R. Jones as Johnny Highbrow, DJ for KKIY FM. Lehman Kessler as anchorman. And Lily Dickey as Catherine Valentine, Jenny Six's agent. We hope you enjoy the show.
1: I can remove myself from eternity, the sound haunts me. It forces its way into the silences between chirping crickets and wildcat howls. The rare times I find myself drifting off into slumber, it comes to me. At first it is low, almost like static, but it grows and fills the whole of my awareness. It has been days since I last slept.
0: Welcome to Into the Booth, the show that explores the origins of your favorite pop songs. Tonight we look at the phenomenon that was Jenny Six's Claws. Jenny Six would have been forgotten as another manufactured pop princess if not for the success and controversy of her debut album Two Sons and its first single, Claws. In the summer of 20 you couldn't escape from the song. Radio, commercials, movie trailers, if it needed music, you can bet Claws was licensed for use. Video sharing sites were shut down as tens of millions of people were watching the video at any given time. In July, Claws asserted its dominance, reaching number one on the charts and staying there for 15 weeks. A beat surpassed only by one other song.
2: It was like a flash fire, out of control. The album couldn't come out fast enough. The merchandise couldn't come out fast enough. We had created a monster...
1: I've managed to hold the sound at bay for a day or so now, but as I write this, I can feel it creeping deeper into my consciousness. It is almost as if it is burrowing into my psyche, hibernating like a serpent. Perhaps it is preparing an ambush to strike at me at my weakest. An inevitable doom, I suppose. The waiting is maddening.
2: I really didn't know what to think when I mean, the Sola came to me asking if I would produce an album for Ginny Six. Really, they wanted a single first. A dance record. Number one summer jam. That sort of thing. It was a good paycheck, so I figured, what the hell, you know? I remember she was sitting in the studio, strumming this beat-up 12-string. She had one of those yellow legal pads on her knees. and would occasionally scribble something on it between chords. She'd tell me later she wanted to be a singer more than a TV star. She seemed like a well-adjusted kid, polite and very professional. And all that changed after Miami.
1: Oh dear God, I slept. I slept and the sound too cold. It invaded my dreams. At first, there was just the sound and the darkness. As the intensity increased, walls of color filled my vision. Fractal patterns of darkness formed like cracks or streaks of lightning. The cracks vibrated like the strings of a guitar, and it seemed that the sound originated from them. I tried to force my dream eyes closed, but they would not respond. The sound was forcing me to watch. I don't expect anyone who reads this to truly understand what happened next. I don't understand it myself, but... I saw an alien vista populated by intelligent creatures composed entirely of a sound that I could not hear, but still, somehow, heard. An entire species of the sound that haunted
2: Sixty people are dead following a riot at a Ginny Six concert. Witnesses report that the crowd went hysterical during a performance of Six's hit single, Claws.
1: Ginny just locked herself in a room after the Miami incident.
2: I can't say I blame her. The fans were literally ripping each other apart at her feet. It's the first show of the tour and the first performance of the song. Police thought some bad drugs got passed around. Like bath salts.
0: The popularity of the song continued despite the Miami incident.
2: Yeah, it was crazy. Some songs have staying power, you know. But I've never seen one become an urban legend. A song that will drive you mad? Ain't that some shit. Pulling the of song off the radio was the hardest decision I ever had to make. The board demanded it after the class action suits and all the claims of witchcraft. Seriously, any crackpot preacher... Or conspiracy theorist was given a platform to tell the world that there was satanic back-masking on the album, or that Ginny summoned demons before the concert.
3: Claws was the greatest music conspiracy since Paul is dead, man. Kids would call the show telling about friends of friends who dreamt of monsters or committed suicide. I remember a couple dudes calling in saying they were from Miami and were at the Ginny Six concert. They said they heard strange tones coming from the PA while Claus was playing.
1: I dreamt of them again. This time there was no color, no pulsing fractures in space. I was in the midst of the creatures, overwhelmed by their combined tones. I felt as if my eardrums were going to explode. They moved in a mass toward a point in the distance. It appeared to be some sort of pilgrimage. The sound, my sound, had control of me and compelled me to walk behind the throng. My head began to throb as they reached their destination. They swirled and writhed, becoming a formless pool of physical noise. The pain was unbearable, but I could not look away. I was not permitted to look away. As the creatures engaged in their formless dance, I saw a shimmering vortex begin to form in the sky. One of them was lifted into the air and gently pulled through the vortex. Elation washed over me, but it was not mine. It belonged to the sound. There was something else buried beneath the buzz of the creatures. A melody. Oddly familiar.
2: (laughs) My thoughts on the occult controversy? Bullshit. Ginny wasn't a witch. She wasn't summoning demons or crap like that. She was a good kid and well on her way to being a damn fine songwriter. Any other claim is pure nonsense. Claws was an airworm, sure, but there wasn't any sinister motive. Not from Ginny. It's no
3: secret that Lambert, her producer, had made a name for himself in the EDM scene. He produced some pretty popular dance records as Blue Pill. People would call in all the time, try to convince me to play one of his tracks, but you know how it is. The rotation is pre-programmed and DJs don't really spin records anymore.
1: I went to town and bought a few gallons of gas for the dusty old generator out back. I don't know why I did. I came here to escape from anything that might awaken the sound. Not that it actually helped. Sometimes I think that I may have made matters worse coming to this cabin. Too many lulls and dead spaces for it to fill. Today I tried to occupy my time with some exploration. There was a small shed out back, and I decided to have a look at what had accumulated in that ramshackle cube over the years. Anything to block the hum it creates when it is active. Someone who occupied this cabin had a hobby of making stained glass hangings. Lead solder and panes of colored glass were scattered everywhere. I was expecting piles of detritus not an organized workshop that had fallen into disuse. The glow of the single light bulb dangling in the center of the shed did very little to pierce the gloom. The air was hazy with all the dust I had disturbed with only my movements. On a workbench in the center of the room was a pane of regular clear glass well. It had been clear at one point. It could have been a window pane that had been replaced with a piece of the artist's work. I reached out to touch it, to feel the coarseness of the dust. The hum grew in intensity, and I had the urge to place my hands on either side of the glass. Geometric shapes formed on the pane, shifting as the sound altered itself in pitch. I felt as if I were drifting away, withdrawing more and more into a space where there was nothing but the sound glass shattered, and I ran back to the cabin. I know now that it is an intelligent creature. Maybe it is manipulating me, somehow. Maybe it was trying to communicate with me in the shed, like it did through my dreams, hoping I could comprehend its geometric language.
2: So, it was April Solar was on my back to get the single time... They were pissed because we were recording the album tracks first rather than focusing on the single. These corporate types think you can just construct a hit song like a tower of blocks or something. It doesn't work like that, man, you know? The strain was beginning to take its toll on Jenny. One night, she walks into the studio with a bottle of vodka she got from God knows where, plops into the chair next to mine and tosses that yellow notepad of hers on the console, scribbled in pencils to hook the claws. The lyrics seemed like it would match perfectly with the Blue Pill project I'd been working on. I pulled my laptop out of my bag and let her listen. It was like magic, man. By morning, we had finished the vodka and had a demo.
3: See, Lambert was doing some crazy experimentation with Blue Pill. Adding single, barely audible tones underneath the melody to elicit certain reactions. Like how the army was working with a sound cannon that would make enemy soldiers shoot themselves or something guess he was doing it to fuck with the kids on drugs. Not just a song, but an experience.
1: My trips into town are becoming more frequent. I'm aware of going to the library and poring over books about radio and broadcasting. I'm aware that I spent some time outside the local radio station. All of this transpires as if I am a passenger in my own body. The sound is there during these excursions. Its constant hum, obscuring my senses while I am out, but seems to dissipate when I return to the cabin. I feel almost like it is borrowing my body for what it needs, and then leaving me alone for a moment. Once those needs are met, the sound has granted me a reprieve. The hum that had been my constant companion for god knows how long has fallen silent. An uncomfortable quiet, like a hole in my mind. A terrifying quiet.
0: People went wild over Claws. Radio stations were bombarded with requests. There was just something about Claws that resonated with people. Something almost magical. Jenny Six was on a rocket to the stars, a climb that seemed to stall after her first public performance of the song. The media hype died down and Solar Records sought to capitalize on the growing cult status of Claws, scheduling the beginning of a new tour on Halloween. Once again, Miami was chosen as the venue, and in an unusual twist of fate, two crew members died of heart failure during a sound check in which the song was performed. The concert and tour were abruptly canceled when it was discovered that Jenny Six herself had disappeared soon afterwards. To this day, the whereabouts of one of the biggest pop music icons of all time are unknown. Claus continues to be banned from the airwaves. Six's only album, Two Sons, was to be re-released the following year without a single. Original copies change hands through social media, and a certain cult status has been given to Claus, now known as the most fatal earworm ever created.
1: the special tones that brought it to our world. The sound wants to open the door to its home. I don't know if it is conquest or loneliness that drives it. It plays the song over and over. I can see shapes in the corner of my eyes, worm-like shadows. A few have made it through, but it isn't enough. They buzz and dance under the glow of the light in the center of the room. I hear it rising, the sound time. It made me buy a gun. It wants me to take over the little radio station and broadcast the song over as many speakers as possible. A feast. Hand is stiff. Out of time.